athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Our 13th annual countdown to kickoff begins today, and you're tuned in to the dopest show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Again, this is our 13th annual countdown to kickoff, and that means that the HBCU football season, the college football season, the pro football season is upon us. And wow, I mean, the time absolutely just flies. But we got a really good show for you today here on the program, as we've done for now 13 seasons. We're going to be joined by the coaches whose teams won conference championships in 2017. Not all of them. Typically, we've had all of them. We'll have three out of four. That's not bad. So later on in the program, we're going to be joined by North Carolina A&T new head football coach Sam Washington today here on the program. Also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Seems like he joins us every other year around this time. Willie Slater, the head football coach at Tuskegee, joins us on the program. And in doing some some research, I mean, I know, you know, in the totality of what Willie Slater's been able to to accomplish at Tuskegee, do you know he has a record of 110 and 29 in in 12 seasons as the head football coach at Tuskegee? Not to mention. All of his accomplishments prior to that, offensive coordinator at Troy, offensive coordinator at Temple, offensive coordinator at North Alabama, where North Alabama won a bunch of Division II national championships. This man is super accomplished. His only bad season in 2011, the Golden Tigers went 4-6. and six. As a matter of fact, there's only been a handful of seven win seasons, maybe one or two, and the rest have been at least eight win seasons. I thought that Tuskegee got robbed of making the Division II playoffs on last year, a 9-2 and two record. Um, you know, they had the, the one bad loss to Finlay, uh, Finlay, and then they also had the loss um, to Alabama State also. And um, so I thought they should have made the playoffs even with that. But the uh, the other opponents, obviously, SIAC opponents, mostly including a good Albany State team. Um, you know, Miles was down last year. So, I mean, I guess, you know, I guess the committee could say that. Um, and especially you have to look at the other teams that made it. And there's always a lot of competition. But for the SIAC to not be represented the conference champion to not be represented. We already know in Division Two that 
there's no automatic births. But I think that with what Tuskegee has been able to build and remember, Tuskegee used to not participate in the playoffs. Um, they um, decided not to participate in that Turkey Day Classic anymore, which enabled them to, in fact, participate in the playoffs. I think their first year in the playoffs was 2013. And they've been in the playoffs every year except since they've been eligible for the playoffs and their first year missing it with a nine and two record was last year. But, you know, Willie Slater's done some great things at Tuskegee. He's going to join us today here on the program. Also today here on from the press box to press row. Speaking of um, a gentleman that's done some good things at uh, their respective institution. Reggie Barlow's done a really good job in two seasons as the head coach at Virginia State. And we had a chance to catch up with him on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. And I'm uh, going to replay part of that interview with you today here on the program. No need to reinvent the wheel. No need to uh, get Reggie Barlow again on the program. We talked with him um, about a month and a half ago. I mean, yeah, there may have been some changes. But for the most part, I thought with uh, what we had a chance to talk with uh, Reggie Barlow about is still very relevant Today, so a replay of the interview that we had with Reggie Barlow, the head football coach at Virginia State, going to happen today here on the program. Some other things to get to today here on the program. Alabama State doing some really good things. Donald Hill Ely, the head, new head football, well, he's not, he's, he became the interim coach last year. And, and remember, up until he became the interim coach, the Hornets hadn't won a single football game. He leads them to winning uh, five of their last six ball games to uh, essentially finish the season five and six. And so, so they're really doing some really good things. They have this HBCU coaches symposium that I really want to talk about and really want to shout out. And I'll do that towards the end of the program. Always want you to participate here on From the Press Box to Press Row, especially with our countdown to kickoff going on. Again, uh, you're going to hear today from the coaches whose teams won ch conference championships on last year. Next week, you're going to hear from some of the top players in all of HBCU football. And then over the next uh, the, the, the weeks after that, the couple of weeks after that, we're just going to be talking some HBCU football. Also going to talk some National Football League on the program as well. So it's that time of year. Our Boxer Row All-America team is up. The coaches poll uh, is out. Of course, no, there's no surprise that North Carolina A&T leads the coaches poll. All of those great things can be found at BoxToRow.com. So again, as mentioned, always want you to participate here on the program. Hit me up. You got any questions, any thoughts, disagree, agree, whatever it may be with anything. That I have to say, hit us up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. While you're there, follow us. Also on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Thank you to all of those listening to us, all of you listening to us, and, and the radio on, on the radio stations that carry us and those radio stations. We say thank you to those radio stations around the country that carry from the press box to press row. Those listening to us on Sirius XM channel 142 and those listening to us around the world at box to row. 
NCAA.com. I want to start with this NCAA deal, and the NCAA has uh, mandated some sweeping changes, a lot of things that are going to be rules changes that are going to be different um, for this upcoming basketball, uh, well, for, for this upcoming basketball season, but more so going to be implemented in the long term. And just to lay out a couple of those, I mean, there's so many things that the NCAA is looking to do, and a lot of it has to do with that FBI probe that happened um, you know, sometime back we talked extensively about that FBI probe where some of the assistant coaches at respective institutions had gotten caught up uh, in illegally recruiting guys. High school players had gotten paid, so on and so forth. It was pretty bad. But, I, you know, I think that some of what the in the uh, the NCAA uh, is now implementing goes against what the NCAA uh, essentially stands for. So one of the things that the NCAA is going to uh, is going to do now, they're going you, you remember. Well, now, you know, we have the one and done. Uh, we have the one and done rest an NBA rule, but we have the one and done rule. But what the NCAA is going to implement now is that, you know, where guys could, uh, you know, could participate in the NBA combines, they could get you know, advice from NBA clubs, so on and so forth. And then they um, they would have to pull their name out of the uh, NBA draft had, I think it's 10 days before the actual NBA draft, and it would not count against them. As a matter of fact, we got a young man uh, right up the road um, by the name of Chris Clemens, who plays at Campbell. As I mentioned, uh, you've heard me say this before, Campbell's about eight miles up the road uh, from us. And this young man is really good. As a matter of fact, uh, if, if my memory serves me correctly, last year and the year before, he's a top 10 scorer in the nation in Division One basketball. He is he has declared himself eligible for the draft and then has ultimately pulled his name back out of the draft. But now what players can ultimately do is they can go into the NBA draft and if ultimately they're not drafted, they can go back to school. You know, for me, and, and I think uh, Kentucky coach John Calipari made a great point, which his point was, okay, if you do this, what if that scholarship has already been given away, a kid doesn't get drafted? And that's not typically, I mean, I, you know, a, a lot of times John Calipari is going to talk um, for his for himself and for his Kentucky program. But I think in this case, he's talking about, you know, college basketball as a whole, because typically all of John Calipari's guys get drafted. But, you know, what if then the, the scholarship may not be available to that player? So what then happens to that player? Are they able to come back to school? You know, they, they've implemented some other rules um, we, we've seen where, um, you, I think was it just uh, just last month where you don't now have to sit out a year if if you transfer, um, you know. But um, what about that? I mean, I think I think John Calipari makes a great point. But even more so, I would say this: we use the term student athletes, and there, there's you know just a lot of different things. And by the way. Um, you know, the University of North Carolina had gotten caught up where 13 players have been suspended because they sold their paraphernalia. Uh, and I may get to that a little bit more, but we use the term and, 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 you know, I guess it kind of, you know, you can kind of correlate because, you know, these student athletes, they don't get paid. We've talked a lot about that. Student athletes don't get paid. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. 
you know, the, with respect to the Carolina players, if they were just doing, I mean, they were getting big bucks for some of this, uh, for some of these shoes and, 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 and t-shirts and so forth that they were selling because they were one of a kind, but we use the term student athlete, right? But in this particular instance, you know, I mean, are you, are you going to school to major in basketball? I mean, the, at the end of the day, you know, I think allowing for a student athlete um, basketball-wise to be able to um, put their name in the hat and then, or, or not in the hat to be to go into the NBA draft, it's sort of counterproductive to me because, I mean, I think you're just going to have a big mess behind this. Um, you know, to me, and, 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 and I know the one and done rule is an NBA rule, but they need to get rid of that rule totally. I don't, you know, I'm not for going back to high school players, um, being able to get drafted because for every Kobe Bryant or every Kevin Garnett, or even going back in the day, every Moses Malone, you're going to have a guy like a Eddie Curry. You're going to have a lot of guys that are just going to gonna not just gonna be ultimately are gonna be busts so to me i mean if you think now when guys are doing this one and done or they know ultimately they're going to be able to go to the nba and they're half going to classes so on and so forth you think that i mean i just think it's going to be a total mess and again what are we teaching what is it that we're teaching um you know you're going to school to 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 get that education i mean obviously you you, you're you're going to play ball and that helps with the education. But now you're going to say, OK, I just think it's going to be a huge, huge mess. I'm not for this at all. I think the I think what the NCAA is doing is counterproductive to what the NCAA is supposed to be about. There's so many layers to this thing. And, um, you know, I, I got to take a break because we got our our countdown to kick off that begins today. Going to try to get back to this. Not sure if I'm going to be able to just because of the volume of the interviews that we have. But I'm not for these new NCAA rules, or at least that one as a whole. Up next, here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Tuskegee head football coach Willie Slater. From the Press Box to Press Row and BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. You want to come here on from the press box to press row, North Carolina A&T new head football coach, Sam Washington. You'll also hear from Virginia State head football coach, Reggie Barlow. The countdown to kickoff continues here on from the press box to press row as we're joined by a man in his 13th season as the head football coach at Tuskegee. He has a 110 and 29 record, 110 and 29 record as the head coach at Tuskegee as Willie Slater joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Slater, welcome back to the program. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, no, it's always good to talk with you. Um, just want to kind of get your thoughts on 2017, another SIAC championship for the Golden Tigers. Well, it was, uh, we had a good year. 
it, it wasn't a great year. You know, if we had won the national championship, it would have been great. But uh, we did. We were able to run, win our conference. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to be in the playoffs. But uh, but it was a good year for our players and and our coaches. I know it was last year, but it seems to me that a nine and two record is good enough to be able to make the national playoffs. You didn't make it. I would argue that you probably should have had a better chance to make it last year than you did at, in 2016. But, you know, your thoughts, I mean, this should have been a team that should have made the Division Two national playoffs. Yeah, we kind of penalized ourselves, though, because we played uh, two one AA schools, and uh, that doesn't count at all. So we were a team that was uh, at the end of the year that had eight Division Two games where a lot of other schools had 10 or 11 Division Two games. And uh, they go by strength of schedule and all of that stuff, and that's how they kind of booted us out of the playoffs. They kind of kind of fundamentals out. So we got to try to make sure we beat them at their own game from now on, though. You mentioned two FCS opponents, and, we'll, and also you're the AD also at Tuskegee, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But is it... Is it the situation or a situation with trying to find a balance between playing a good schedule that would enable you to play in postseason and also getting those money gains? Yeah, we, we're actually getting penalized for trying to make money, yeah. to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, in any rate, we still got to try to make money, and uh, we just do the best we can. As an administrator and the athletics director at Tuskegee more specifically, do you think there are some things that could be put in place, not just for Tuskegee, but all schools, so that, and even more specifically Division II schools, so that you're not penalized for trying to generate revenue? Yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, we, we were fortunate in that we played two one AA schools and we won. Uh, but I, I, in the majority of the cases, though, uh, the teams that play those the 1AA schools normally lose. <laughs> and uh, I guess they would, they felt like they feel like that that would hurt them unnecessarily, you know, in the playoffs if you if you counted those schools. So they just made it so that they, you don't count the stats. You don't count anything that that has anything to do with those schools. And uh, that makes it, makes it a little difficult. Willie Slater, the head football coach at Tuskegee in his 13th season, joining us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. It's our countdown to kickoff. And, Coach Slater, how do you balance between being the director of athletics at Tuskegee and the head football coach? Well, this time of the year, it's, 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 I can't balance it. I can't balance the two. Uh, I'm, I'm the head football coach right now, and uh, that's what I'm going to be, uh, you know, I have a I have a great assistant though in, in Jasher Fox and uh, he he handles a lot of stuff for me that and that helps me to uh, be able to do what I've been able to do. Absolutely, let's talk some personnel and we'll start with offense. You got a couple of guys coming back: Jamarcus Azell at quarterback. You got Javarius Cheatham at wide receiver. Let's start with Jamarcus and some of the things that you've seen from him in terms of improvement during spring and now into fall camp? Well, I'm a firm believer that the third-year player is the best player. And uh, this is his third year, and uh, he's acting like it. You know, the third-year players know you, sis. They know what you do. You know, They know why you do it. Uh, it's just a matter of them uh, uh, being, 
it's a matter of me putting him in position to be successful. And uh, I think we know enough about him, and I think he understands the system enough that we can. I believe we're going to be able to put him in position to be successful. So I'm excited about it. Uh, he, he had a great spring. He's having a, uh, a really good preseason so far. Yeah, are there some things that you've seen uh, from him that he's, in fact, improved upon? Well, I mean, he came in here uh, from a school that didn't, that didn't throw the ball much. So he didn't really have good uh, fundamentals as far as footwork in the passing game. I think that's the area that he's improved in the most is his footwork in the passing game. Also, what does it mean to have a guy like a Javarius Cheatham uh, that's that he'll be able to throw the football to as one of the better receivers in all of the SIAC. Yeah, uh, Cheatham is, is a really good uh, football player. Came from Greenville High School. Uh, has really good height. He's about six four. Uh, runs runs really well to be as tall as he is, and uh, has really good hands. So uh, he's going to be a nice target, and he has been a nice target ever since he's been here for him to throw to. You don't have to throw a perfect pass for him. Certainly, uh, Coach Slater, during your time at Tuskegee, um, I mean, your defensives, defenses over the years have been really, really good. And last year uh, was no exception. Um, and you're an offensive guy. I mean, you, your background is in offense. With that being said, though, um, can you speak to how good a guy or how much leadership a guy like uh, DeVaris Thomas, your linebacker, is going to take on? He's a preseason box to row All-American, particularly uh, with the fact that Osban Thompson, who was a two-time box to row All-America at linebacker, is no longer with you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's another one of those third-year players that we have that, uh, that we're expecting a lot out of. Uh, but the key to all of it, though, is, is that, that front, that defensive front. They didn't get a whole lot of respect last year, but I still think they were one of the best in the country. And uh, I even think more now. So, I'm excited about our defensive front, what they have to offer, which makes those linebackers, you know, most valuable players because they, they keep people off of them so they, they can go make plays. Yeah. Who are some of the other guys that you're expecting to step up for you defensively? Well, I mean, like I said, I, I like our defensive line. I like uh, Terrence Leatherwood at defensive end. Uh, I think he's one of the best in the country. Uh, uh uh, Devontae Ramsey uh, plays defensive line. Our nose guard, uh, I think he's one of the best in the country. Uh, and then we have some other guys that, that I can't, that I'm not going to talk about right now that I think going to be able to help. So I'm excited about that group. And uh, I think they offer a lot to the team. How much fun are you having with coaching? I mentioned the fact that this is your 13th season, but if I look at the resume, I mean, I mentioned the record 110 and 29, but you've had some stops. You've been at, you know, the offensive coordinator at Temple and the offensive coordinator at Jacksonville State and had a lot of success as the offensive coordinator at North Alabama winning some national championships. Do you sort of have time to uh, sit back and reflect uh, on your career, the things you've been able to uh, accomplish? <laughs> it's hard to reflect right now with the added responsibility. Uh, this first year I had to make sure that the volleyball team had a place to stay. <laughs> you know, so there's a little added responsibility there that, that takes away some of the stuff that uh, that I'm accustomed to doing. I normally take, you know, when it, when it gets to uh, 
from the late June to the middle of July, you know, you try to try to uh, do some relaxing and stuff like that. I, but my whole summer was, was uh, scheduled for me this year. So, but I mean, it makes the time go by fast, I guess. But uh, I enjoy the fact that that we are having impact on young people's lives. So that's that's the main thing. But I want to also make, you know. I think is to have better facilities than what we had when I got here. That's that's what I want. So ultimately, we're going to be working towards that more than anything to get to speed. Absolutely. Last uh, two thoughts. Um, you uh, and Tuskegee, Donald Hill Ely, the head football coach at Alabama State, had a chance. It was a, a collaborative effort. And I'm not sure of the full details, but I, I believe a young man, a uh, student athlete of yours, uh, was injured. And Donald Hill Ely and uh, Alabama State uh, helped to raise some money for this young man. Can you speak to um, to that? And, and and even though these two teams, two schools are rivals, being able to kind of put those uh, that rivalry aside to help out a student athlete, because I mean there there are things obviously much bigger than football. Yeah, I thought I thought that was a great gesture on uh, Coach Ely's part. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really know it until I got there that uh, he's kind of from that area, and uh, he coached over up in that area. He actually said that he remembered Jabari, Jabari from uh, a previous uh, from previous camps in high school, and uh, so he wanted to help. And uh, so they got together, him and his coaching staff, and they they gave him a donation. I thought that was an awesome thing. It's just wonderful. Yeah, I mean you can. I mean, I've been knowing Coach Ely a little while, and uh, he's. He's, you know, he's he's a player guy. He's a player kind of guy. That's why he was able to take over that program, and they they, I think they lost one game since he said he's taken over the program. So yeah, uh, it's pretty it's pretty good gesture on his part. He's just a great person. Willie Slater, thirteen seasons as the head football coach at Tuskegee, joining us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Golden Tigers going to open the season on Saturday, September first. On the road, right down the road a little bit, as they're going to travel to Montgomery to take on rival Alabama State. Coach Slater, we appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Golden Tigers this season. Well, thank you. Thank you for calling. The pleasure was all mine, Coach Slater. Willie Slater, the head football coach at Tuskegee, joining us here on the program. Just a lot of success. I mentioned it early on, 110-29 um, is his record. And I think Tuskegee's going to be pretty good um, this year. You know, again, I, I really, you know, out of the West, I, I think you got to go with Tuskegee. In the East, you know, I, I'm putting my money, well, if I, if I were a betting man, um, I would take a gamble this year and go with Benedict. I think Mike White, this is going to be his third year. He, you know, with not a whole lot to work with, first year had some success last year on the verge of winning that title. And I think this year, um, Benedict may get it. We'll see how it plays out. I think it's going to be Benedict and Tuskegee in the SIAC title game when it's all said and done. Up next here on the countdown to kickoff, North Carolina A&T new head football coach, Sam Washington. In his first season as the head football coach at North Carolina A&T is Sam Washington and no stranger to the coaching ranks 
has been an assistant coach for many, many years with stops along the way, including, of course, A&T and Grambling in North Carolina Central. Had a previous stop also uh, at A&T as well as his alma mater, Mississippi Valley State. Sam Washington now joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row and our countdown to kickoff. Coach Washington, welcome to the program. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming on. Just your thoughts. I, I want to kind of get your thoughts on how camp is going to this point. Uh, well, um, I think it's going well. You know, of course, you know, it always can go better from a coach's perspective. But um, the guys, the effort and energy has been just wonderful. And, um, you know, that's one of the biggest concerns. Um, I think they, you know, grasping uh, the information at a decent pace. Uh, I wish it was a little faster in certain situations, but for the most part, everything is going very well. No question about it. a lot of continuity there with respect um, to, to your program. Even before I talk about that, I want to kind of get your thoughts. You've been an assistant for quite a number of years. This is your first head coaching um, opportunity. Of course, Rod Broadway retired uh, back in January. Um, is this something you, you had been looking forward to, to co- for quite some time? Absolutely. You know, and um, I think I had some other opportunities, but it wasn't at places that I felt that I would be successful. And um, so I think I waited my turn, um, and um, this fortune happened to fall upon me. Uh, I'm excited about the opportunity. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows I have some very large shoes to fill, but uh, I I got big feet, so I'm looking forward to that challenge. <laughs> Love that. So, I mean, with that being said, um, in mentioning some other opportunities, I'm not going to ask you about the other opportunities, but I mean, um, was it just? I mean, did did you did you feel like um, you know you, you wanted to make the best informed decisions with some of these other opportunities? In other words. Um, were you itching at some point along the way to become a head football coach and may have thought about taking an opportunity that may not have been quite to your liking? Right. And uh, that's what I think a mistake a lot of coaches make, you know, just jumping at the first opportunity, you know, trying to, you know, scratch an itch, so to speak. But um, uh, Coach Broadway really prepared me for this day or this moment. And he just told me that, you know, just sit in here with him and be patient and learn as much as I can. And uh, the torch one day will be passed along. And, and I trusted his word. And uh, and I, I stayed here. No question about it. I mean, and I mentioned before continuity, a lot of the assistant coaches um, you have retained. Of course, Chip Hester, who was the offensive coordinator there for the last uh, few years or so, has in fact moved on. Now, Chris Barnett is now your offensive coordinator. How will things change from an offensive perspective? Obviously, you got Lamar Raynard coming back. you got so many pieces coming back. But how do, do things change from an offensive perspective? I, I think it's very little uh, change, and it's going to be such a subtle change, people would not recognize it. Um, you know, of course, they different people uh, have different philosophies, but the foundation of it all is, remains the same. Uh, they both are very good coaches. Uh, Chris is uh, one of those detail-oriented young men that uh, every, everything that matters, everything matters with him. And I think that's what really attracted me to him, um, just how detail-oriented he is. 
That the voice of Sam Washington, the new head football coach at North Carolina A&T. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And then, of course, Coach Washington, Lamar Raynard. How, how is he looking in camp? Can you talk about um, the expectations? What a season he had his junior year in 2017 in, in helping lead the Aggies to the undefeated season and another HBCU and Celebration Bowl title. You know, the one big change I think I recognize is his leadership. You know, before he was very passive with it. And, you know, now he's very uh, vocal. And, I mean, he's speaking out and um, he have the, you know, the whole team surround and rally around him. Um, another thing that's very remarkable with that young man is his decision-making. He made great decisions consistently. And that's rare. That is very rare. So uh, we're happy to have him and wish we can keep him a little longer, but uh, – We'll see how he does his senior year here. Yeah, absolutely. Now, from an offensive, we we know obviously um, everybody knows what Markwell Cartwright can do from the running back position, a thousand yard rusher on last year, very tough runner, likes to take the contact. But what does this offensive line look like? Marcus Pettiford moves over to that left tackle position, vacated, you know, by Brandon Parker, who was selected in the third round by the Oakland Raiders, and and essentially it's a new offensive line to to some degree can you can you talk about that and how that offensive line is progressing well um you know we always have prided ourselves on uh player development and uh we think we had a good group a crop of young men you know here already on campus you know preparing themselves you know to step in when uh, those vacancy of boards came available and i tell you what we we uh we we proud of where we are offensive uh, line wise uh, Coach Mattis does a fantastic job. So uh, I'm excited to see exactly how good this group can uh, become. Uh, you know, a lot of it is continuity, you know, uh, working together. And uh, there's a, a kinship and a brotherhood among that group. Uh, I think we'll be just fine up there. Sam Washington is the head football coach at North Carolina a He joins us here on the program you know, Jeremy Taylor, uh, All-America linebacker for you, obviously he graduates. I mean, you got some guys coming back, but, you you know, you lose Marcus Albert, who was really good uh, in that secondary. But, boy, I tell you what, that defensive line um, is stout. It's deep. You know, t- talk about the defense. And, um, you know, I-, I guess not much changes because not only are you the head coach, you're going to be the defensive coordinator as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nothing uh Hopefully, it will change. Uh, we still will play that vertical game. Um, as you mentioned, we're returning a lot of defensive linemen uh, from last year's team. So, uh, we don't expect a whole lot to change nowhere. Uh, the boards are uh, at the Sam and the Robo position. And um, we have a young man that transferred in from uh, the University of South Carolina, Antoine uh, Wilder. Remember that name. He can play. So uh, we'll see how he does. And uh, we're moving um, our free safety, Jamal Darden, over to the rover spot. And so we, we, we feel very confident that we have, you know, two um, capable replacements for both of those guys. You know, a, a lot. I mean, we know you as an assistant coach for so many years. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention you had a, you know, you also had a stop at, at Johnson C. Smith and just so many stops. But I mean, at your alma mater, you also had a stop there at Mississippi Valley State. But I want to take you back to your playing days at Mississippi Valley State because you're, you're a pretty good football 
football player uh, back then. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? Man, oh, man, we had fun with it. I promise you. Uh, this time of year, uh, camp was hot. That's what I remember most about <laughs> uh, this time of year. But uh, just the football, the quality and the level of play in the swag during those times were uh, incredible. You know, if you looked at most NFL teams, the the secondary and the receiver court came from the swag. And that's across the league, all 30-plus uh, teams. So uh, it was a camaraderie uh, there and, and a love for the game that um, – that we had for the game and each other and still do. Yeah. No, a couple of last thoughts. And then also you went on to play in the national football league with the Steelers and, and, and the Bengals, you know, can you kind of talk about that? And then to, further to the point, how Mississippi Valley state in those days in the SWAC helped to prepare you uh, for, for your play in the national football league. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the coaching staff was, uh, very um, good. We had a good coaching staff. Uh, defensively, we played a lot of man-to-man coverage, and I think that's one of the things that really attracted uh, the NFL to the SWAC. But, you know, the amount of man that we played, you know, against guys uh, that can run. You know, it wasn't like, you know, we was covering slouches. So uh, I think that's where it all began. And uh, my, my stand at uh, – with uh, Pittsburgh, uh, is all about Tony Dungy. You know the relationship that we had, um, the the philosophy, uh, his, his theories. You know, I still use a lot of the practice today, and and some of the principles, just basic principles. Uh, you know, uh, I, I mention in some form or fashion almost on a daily basis. And uh, moving on to Cincinnati, I had an awesome, awesome coach in Dick LeBeau. And miraculously, he's still coaching today. And um, so I'm just happy and took a pink that I had the opportunity, you know, to learn from the likes of those two gentlemen. You, you know, I know it's early. I know it's really, really early. But I got to ask the question, uh, how much is Mac McCain like Sam Washington was? Uh, he have a lot of the instincts that I had, I believe, you know. I think the one I tell him I, you know, tease with him all the time. I was a physical corner, and and uh, he 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 tackle low all the time. I'd stay up and hit you in your mouth. So, uh, but I think you know the one thing that we both had, we both could run, you know. And uh, trying to teach him uh, some of the you know techniques and and skills that's necessary uh, to play uh, corner uh, off coverage uh, is where we are right now. Uh, I thought he did a fantastic job, you know, learning the press stuff last year. And uh, we didn't rush him. You know, we taught him um, just bits and pieces. And I think now he's ready for the next phase. And I think you'll see him play some off coverage this year. That's going to impress you. Yeah. Very good. Then lastly, um, Jacksonville State, that's the game in a couple of weeks um, in Montgomery, the FCS kickoff. You know, you're talking about two of the top teams in the country. How much are you looking forward to that, meaning the you and the Aggies? And then ultimately, um, you know, just talk about Jacksonville State and what they bring to the table. Well, listen, this game is huge in my mind. I mean, absolutely humongous. Uh, it's, it's an opportunity uh, 
that we have not been afforded around here in some time, that uh, ESPN would select us to play a top-ranked uh, team on national TV. And I'm telling our guys, you know, we're not playing this, you know, uh, just for us. We're playing this for HBCUs. And uh, they're a very worthy opponent. They're good. I ain't going to – but I tell folks, how are we? We good, too. Yeah. So uh, we're going to scrap it up, and we're going to do what we do and uh, hopefully do it well and um, see what happens. Yep. Sam Washington, his first season as the head football coach at North Carolina A&T, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Aggies open the season on August 25th in Montgomery, Alabama, against Jacksonville State. And, uh, Coach Washington, we appreciate the time, and I'll see you real soon. All right, buddy. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, the Aggies have to be the favorites in the MEAC. I mean, I like what Howard is putting together. I think Howard's going to be competitive this year. I think North Carolina Central is going to be competitive. I think Bethune-Cookman is going to be competitive. And my sleeper in the MEAC, I think I mentioned this when we had the MEAC preview last week, is Florida A&M. You know, Willie Simmons coming in first year, a lot of success at Prairie View A&M, a lot of success as an assistant coach for years in the SWAC and I think things are going to be different with uh, Florida A&M. I think they're going to be pretty good um, in my sleeper team. But A&T's got to be the team to beat. Reggie Barlow of Virginia State is up next. The radio program that's talking sports from New York City to Cali. And globally on the World Wide Web. From the press box to press row continues after this. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Reggie Barlow is in his third season as the head football coach at Virginia State. And back on June 28th, he joined us on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast to talk about his time at Virginia State and the success that the program is having to the league. But what did it mean to you to have Trenton Cannon drafted in the sixth round by the New York Jets? Yeah, it was... uh... It meant more to me for him uh, than anything. Uh, you're talking about a young man that's always really committed to um, the team concept and works really hard. And uh, it's great to see guys who uh, do it on all levels. You know, he graduated already. Uh, he's a great kid. Obviously, he's blessed with athletic ability, but it's a blessing to see uh, guys like that get rewarded. So, uh, it was a big deal for us, for our university, being a Division II HBCU, uh, to have a guy get drafted in the sixth round. So uh, we're excited for him, and uh, obviously we're pulling for him and hoping uh, all things will work out. Last year, again, you, you when you, thinking back to 2016, and you know you were one game, your first year at Virginia State, you were one game away from possibly playing in the CIAA championship game and then ultimately not only did you play in the game this year you 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 won the CIAA championship in your second year I want to get your thoughts on 2017 as you've had a chance to reflect and you guys winning the championship and then ultimately going on to the division two playoffs yeah 2017 was a really good year for our team our university uh for our program um 
Um, obviously, a head coach is always out front, win, lose, or draw. But uh, we were blessed with some really good student athletes. Our guys uh, really took coaching. Uh, we lived by the acronym, the DASH, D-A-S-H-H. They bought into that philosophy uh, along with their athletic ability. Our assistant coaches did a great job of putting these guys in position uh, to make plays offensively, defensively, and then also uh, we fence. We don't call it special teams here. We call it we fence. But um, they did a good job putting them in, 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 the, in the right position, and the guys went out and executed. And um, it was a really good year for us. It was something to be really proud of for our university. First time it happened where we'd gone 10-0 and and obviously won the championship. So uh, it was a great season. And uh, really proud of our guys, and I was able to get rings on and stuff. So that's that's always special. I mean, you'll they'll be remembered forever. And um, you know, that was that team, and that's one of the things I talk to our guys about all the time. I, I've been a college athlete. I got college ring, got an NFL ring, and you know, as a leader here, I just, I want uh, for those guys to experience that. And uh, they went out and played, and we were able to get that. That the voice of Reggie Barlow in his third season. As the head football coach at Virginia State, he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And, um, you know, Coach Barlow, talk about the quarterback situation because you had uh, Cook who took the majority of the snaps. But if you look at it, Nico Johnson um, also played a lot for you. What has what did that battle? What did it look like in spring? And uh, ultimately, um, you know, how are things going in the offseason now in, in terms of that quarterback situation? Yeah, so um, Kadero Cook, I mean, I'm, I'm so proud of this kid. You know, I coached him at Alabama State. Uh, he came there to play for us. Things didn't work out. I left there. He, you know, left there and ended up here. And I uh, had a great year for us. And uh kid still has two years left. Um, he, he, he threw the ball way better in the spring than I've ever seen him throw it. And that's a testament to our offensive coordinator, um, Coach Carney, and uh, the time and stuff that he spent with Cook. So, um, you know, we're expecting Cook to continue on and uh, help us in the passing game and the running game the same way he did. Nico Johnson was a senior, so he's gone. Uh, but we have, the, we, have, we have a few other young men, uh, Tavares Brooks, is a guy that we really believe in. This guy can spin it, has pretty good size, and um, he's been in the system now for a year, and of course, and you always got to sign a few quarterbacks. So uh, we'll have some other guys that will come in and have an opportunity to compete uh, for the position as well. What What is that running back position look like now? Who are some of the names that you're expecting to step up this year? Uh, of course, with now Trenton Cannon in the National Football League. Yeah, that, I mean, and, and the thing, you don't replace a guy like Trent. You just put guys there and let them be themselves. But uh, we're excited about uh, Strickland, uh, a running back that played for us last year just a bit, but uh, just a solid guy. And, uh, we believe in him. We had Aaron Montz, who's a bigger back, uh, that will be able to, Fill a role of two four Steve Mines, um, uh, more of a shifty back that we have. Uh, we got a few transfers, uh, transfers uh, that are coming in. 
from 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 other schools that I think will give us an opportunity uh, to be solid at that position, uh, whether we're running it or passing it. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm looking forward to those guys getting the opportunities though. Uh, your schedule, boy, a tough schedule to start out. First four games on the road, it really exactly the same like Bowie State. It's uh, you know sort of interesting there, and you have two Division One opponents in Norfolk State and Robert Moore's. Obviously, you knocked off Norfolk State um, on last in that big rivalry game, that Labor Day uh, deal there uh, in Norfolk. Uh, speak kind of to the schedule and having two FCS programs to start out in your first two games. Yeah, people have asked me about our schedule. I tell them, uh, looking at our schedule, especially the first two games, first three games, I've, uh, I've slept like a baby. I've woke up every, uh, five to ten minutes crying because <laughs> it's so tough. So, uh, we got our work cut out for us, man. Um, Norfolk, we, we, you know, that's a good program and those guys are good. They're, they're, they're coached well. Um, and I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, inner, inner state game, big state, little state type of deal, and it's carrying on its its own personality. So uh, it's at their place. So it'll be a challenge. Um, but you know, we just got to figure out a plan and, you know, hopefully have an opportunity. And then Robert Morris, we don't know a whole lot about them um, uh, up in uh, Pennsylvania. Um, so uh, once we play against Norfolk and, See how we fare. We'll, we'll have an opportunity to plan for the Rob Morris game. But you know, every kid that comes to college, they all figure they can play 1A ball or FBS ball or FCS ball. So this gives them an opportunity to go up and see how they match up against uh, two really good schools that are well coached and um, uh, just see how you know see how they can do against them. And then lastly, it's interesting dynamic that you're there at Virginia State having a lot of success there with the Trojans in now your third season. I mean, you know, you're an, you're an Alabama guy, played at Alabama State, and then you played in the National Football League, came back, coached at your alma mater as an assistant, and then ultimately as a head coach. So your time has been, you know, Alabama and then, you know, Jacksonville, Tampa, some other places, but that National Football League kind of feel. So how are you settling down now in Ettrick slash Petersburg slash the Tri-City areas there in Virginia? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a different thing for me. But I tell you what, uh, Dr. Abdullah, our president, what an amazing guy with great vision, great leader, who's leading our university the right way and uh, doing some real positive things. Our uh, director of athletics, uh, Ms. Davis, um, this lady has hired winners. Um, and I'm not talking about me, but uh, the, the, the bar has been set um, by the coaches that we've had here in basketball and other sports that have done really well. So uh, she does a great job of uh, letting us know our, our expectations. And, um, and it's a good place. I mean, the, the university... Um, they offer so many uh, great majors. Um, and you criminal justice, is engineering, is business, is education, there's sports management. I mean, just a lot of things that people will really be interested in, in majoring in. And uh, I've enjoyed it. Uh, the people have been good to us here. Um, the student athletes have uh, really bought into our philosophy and our mindset. And um, although I've never lived east, 
Well, people out here call it south. I'm all confused. <laughs> and people up north in Washington, they say, well, you're down south. And I'm like, no, down south is Alabama. But uh, I'll take it. Uh, it's been a real cool experience, and uh, we're enjoying it. Virginia State head football coach Reggie Barlow, who used to be at Alabama State. And speaking of Alabama State, Donald Hill Ely and Alabama State has put forth or put together an HBCU football coaches symposium where coaches, uh, some of the legendary coaches are going to come and the likes of uh, of a Marino Kasem and Houston Markham uh, are going to be there. Bill Hayes, uh, Joe Taylor um, are going to be in the, in attendance. Pete Richardson going to be in attendance. And um, so many other coaches are going to be in attendance with this, some legendary coaches. I think this is a really big deal, something really big that Alabama State is doing. And um, they're going to have fan interaction. All of it's going to take place on the campus of Alabama State. And I really like, you know, I've had a chance to have some conversations with Donald Hill Ely, you know, outside of just interviewing him. And he's all about HBCUs and all about these types of things we've talked about you know, the various games and HBCUs really starting to really play each other once again. I think we're seeing that uh, more. But I think this is a super big deal. Wave, uh, Waverly Tiller, uh, Willie Jeffries, Willard Bailey is going to be there. I mean, this is unbelievable. W.C. Gordon, former uh, coach at Jackson State. I mean, unbelievable names um, that are going to be um, at this HBCU symposium. Uh, on the campus of Alabama State should be. I, I wish I could be there, man. That's gonna be, um, that's gonna be absolutely awesome. If you listen to us on WXVI uh, in Montgomery, support that event on Saturday, August the 11th. It's during um, the coaches, are, fans are gonna, or coaches and fans can meet and greet each other on Saturday, August 11th. And you can log on to BamaStateSports.com for more information. Got to get ready to run today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Thank you to A&T head football coach Sam Washington and Tuskegee head football coach Willie Slater for joining us on the program. Got some great stuff on BoxToRow.com. Our All-America team is up there, the preseason team, um, the coaches poll. All of that is on our website at BoxToRow.com, so be sure to check it out. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. Yes, he loves me, and I know this, because he said it to me when he rescued me. There's no great love in the world. Oh, Of how he made a way for me If he hadn't loved me Through the mistakes that I made I just don't know where I would be Oh, he showed me so much favor